Hi, this is Christopher Framberg and I'm one of the pastors in SOS Church Stockholm. We are an international Pentecostal church on Kungsholmen with celebrations in both English and Swedish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations that are living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. So my name is Christopher and I'm pastor here in SOS Church together with my beautiful wife Eli. And, and we are actually going to preach together today. And I'm super excited about that. Normally she is part of my stories in, in my messages or leading worship up, uh, up here on the stage. But today we're going to preach together. And you can actually also speak and not just sing. Yes, I can speak. That's, we, that, <laughs> that's the evidence. <laughs> she can speak. Uh, and we will preach together uh, today about living a life in faith. So, Eli, why don't That's you start? That's an amazing title. It's a great Isn't title. It? It's very positive, our message today. It is a very positive, yeah, positive we, message. We like to be positive. Yes. This is really something that, that is so close to our hearts, to live a life in faith. And by that we mean that, that we include God in all areas in life. We include him in both small things and big things. And uh, we expect him to do miracles and we expect him to take care of us. Uh, yes. And the two of us, we have experienced so many times how God is just stepping into a situation that seems impossible and we see a miracle. And at the end, we always say, wow, God is so personal. Yes. It's just so amazing. And um, you could say that living a life of faith is kind of a journey, that you, you are walking in, into this life of faith. And for me, my faith journey, it really started that year when I was moving to Sweden to attend Mission SOS Bible School. That is an amazing Bible school, by the way. Yes. I, and, and I just need to take the opportunity. If you yet haven't been to a Bible school, or even if you have been to several different Bible schools, you need to come to SOS Mission Bible School here in Stockholm. I'm just putting it in there, okay? Yeah, yeah. Continue. It's good, it's good to have the principal with me here. Yes, but the, the thing was that I was actually moving from Norway, and it was a big step for me to move to another country and uh, just step into this Bible school. And the thing was that I had no things like sold out, practical things. The only thing I knew was that this is the right step for me. This is the next step. And I was so sure that this was right. So I was, of course, trying to solve things. But still, I, I was just resting in the fact that I know that this is right. And I managed to save 10,000 Swedish crowns. It's like $1,000. I had no job, I had a place to stay, but I didn't know how to pay the rent or how I would be able to go on a mission trip or anything like that. But I just, I went and I remember how I was sitting in the airplane and I found a map in the chair in front of me. And I opened it and I was like, oh wow, Stockholm is really far away. <laughs> and I really didn't think about all, all the things around, but yeah, this was amazing. And the thing was that <laughs> that year, uh, a faith journey started for me. And uh, I came to Sweden, I managed to get a job at Olanda, but still every month I needed a miracle from God. I had just too little every month. <laughs> and this was of course hard, but also so exciting. 
because I, I really I was experiencing so much things. And, and it really started one day when we had prayer school. We were praying together as, um, as a class. And I was walking back and forth. I was praying for economical miracles. And just suddenly I saw a picture in front of me. It was two hands that was pouring out a lot of gold coins. Wow, that's <laughs> a great vision. <laughs> it's a great vision. It's a good yeah. sign. And I was surprised. And uh, right there and then I, I didn't know, like, oh, what was that? But it was so clear that from that day, God, was, God just started showing me that he was my provider. And he was giving me miracle after miracle concerning the economy. Mm. Uh, and that, that was just so amazing. And to live this kind of life in faith, it's, it's exciting. But it's also quite hard because it's not so fun to wait on a miracle. All of us, we want to see miracles, but the, the, the road there can be tough. So today we just want to just challenge you to stay put, to wait on God and to trust in him. Trust that he cares for you, that he's with you, that he wants the best for you and he has a good future for you. And I believe that if you do that, if you just decide to hold on to that hope, you are going to see so many miracles. Come on, you're yeah. preaching it. Yes, we are going to speak about a life-changing faith today. And um, the, what I want to start with is to read from Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. It's actually written that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who honestly seek him. It is not hard to please God without faith. It is impossible. You cannot please God without faith. And that can sound hard, uh, but it's not so hard because God is a good God that loves to reward us. We must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that are honestly seeking him so it is very rewarding in seeking God and living a life in faith and I know that you're sitting back home and you just love rewards and I'm going to teach and preach together with my wife today how you can live a life full of rewards from God and a very exciting life point number one here today is faith is seeing the unseen Faith is seeing the unseen. In Hebrews 11 and verse 1, we read that now faith is confidence in what we hope for and an assurance of what we do not see. Okay, so faith is seeing the unseen. You are having a hope for something. And, and that hope is so strong that it becomes a confidence and then an assurance before you have seen it with your physical eyes. Okay, so here's the point. You need to see something before you actually see it with your own eyes. When you have the miracle in front of you, it's no longer in any faith needed because now you have the evidence here. But before you have seen it, that's when faith is needed. But everything starts with hope. Everything starts with hope. Hope is very powerful. Hope is very important. But hope will not make the work done. It will not produce any miracles. I used to say that hope is like a seed. You know, if you take a seed in your hand like this, it will produce no fruit. 
You can put it in your pocket or have it in your hand as long as you want. It will produce no fruit. But you need to put it down into the soil before it can come roots and something can start to grow. And it's the same thing with hope. You know, when I was in, in, in football high school, uh, we were 25 guys. And all of us were hoping to become professional football players. Two succeeded. So how did it go with you? I wasn't one of them, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't one of them. But you are so good in so many other things. Yes, I mean. thank you, thank you, thank you. Continue a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so two succeeded, but everyone had the same hope. You know, you need to take that hope you have and you need to put it down. If you want to be a football player, you need to, to cover it or plant it in a lot of hard workout with a good coach, with a good team, with right sleep, with, with right eating right with training all of this is needed if that hope should start to grow and you will able be able to see so now we, the we result. Are all everyone is wondering what did you didn't you do no <laughs> i quit and i wanted to be what a missionary happened? instead actually oh. that's what i did Let's otherwise i would have succeeded yes I'm telling of course you. of course of course of course yes <laughs> <laughs> So, so what I want to say is that whatever you are longing for, whatever you are hoping for, whatever kind of need you have, you need to plant it. But you, do, but you don't need to plant it, plant it with a lot of hard exercise if you don't want to be a football player. But you need to plant it in the Word of God. When you take that hope you have and you find a promise in the Word of God for healing, if that is what you need, or, or a financial blessing, if that is what you need, or peace, if that is what you need, or freedom from fear and nightmare, whatever you need, you need to take your hope and you plant it in the Word of God, or, or with a promise from the Spirit of God, then roots will come out of that hope and something will start to grow, and all of a sudden you will reap a fruit out of that hope, and now is an evidence, now there is faith and an assurance, and you can receive from God. You know, this is good. Yes, it's good. <laughs> and if you don't interrupt me, I will preach very long today. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> and and you know, before before we even married or became a couple, I had to sign up for this mission trip. Uh, both of us have experienced so many financial miracles miracles for mission trips. I'm just telling you. So I had to sign up for this trip to Haiti and. And I didn't have the finances needed. I remember I was sitting, I was making the, you know, calculating and making the math. And I just realized I need to cancel this trip. So I was sitting on a cafe in Stockholm. I was just about to write an email and cancel, cancel the trip. When I just sensed the Holy Spirit was speaking to me inside here. He said, don't cancel the trip. I will make, I, I, I will make this work. I, I felt it so clear, you know, so my hope to go on a mission trip now had, had some soil to be planted in. I had the word from the Holy Spirit, and I decided to not cancel a trip. Two days later, I got an envelope, you know, this is before online transitions. I got an envelope with 2,000 Swedish crowns, that's like $200, uh, from an old friend's mama that I hadn't met for years that I've heard the Holy Spirit speak to her to send me money. So I received that miracle. I could go on that trip. That's Ev amazing. Everything wow. started with a hope that was planted now in, in the Word of God. Yeah, it's amazing. Why don't you take over and continue with yes. the next point? Because <laughs> faith is not just seeing the unseen. No, faith is so much more. Our second point is faith is acting. 
Uh, in James 2 and 17, it is written, In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. And this is kind of harsh. Yeah. Uh, but what it really means is that if you really believe in something, you are also acting according to it. Yes. Uh, and to act on your faith, it could be something as easy as praying specifically about a situation. Many times we, are, we can go around, we are worried, we are thinking about it. Maybe we actually have faith, but we, we don't pray about it. But I want to encourage you to take Take your, your faith and put it into action by praying specifically for your situation. And I know that God, he loves being um, included in all your life's areas, all area lives. He yes. loves to be included. And uh, this is really an adventure just to yeah. include God in everything. Tell him what you are dreaming of. Tell him what you are longing for. Tell him what you need and include him. And I have, actually, I have a great story about this. Yes, you have. Yes. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the story of the mascara. Yeah. I mean, you, you can hear it already now. It's good. This, is, this has actually become kind of a classic. It has to be told. It's a life-changing miracle. It's a life-changing <laughs> yeah. miracle. So this was me a couple of years after Bible school. I had experienced so many miracles in, in both small things and big things. And my faith was really up so high. And I felt that I could pray about absolutely anything. And then a kind of a catastrophe happened. Some, some girls, maybe they, they will not agree, but many will agree that this is a catastrophe. My mascara went empty oh no i had no mascara Ooh. left and hardships I, yes hardships in life and i had no money to buy a new one i didn't know what to do i, I was used to wearing a mascara like mascara every day and i couldn't imagine walking outside without one so what i did i went into my room and i prayed god please can you help me with a new mascara Please, can you just, I don't know how you will solve it, but I need a new mascara. And then I just left it, and the days went by. One week, some days more. And then when it was almost two weeks with no mascara, I was standing on a bus stop on my way to work at the airport. So I was standing there, and suddenly a car was stopping just beside me, and a woman opened the door. It was a woman I've seen in the church before, but I didn't know who she was. And she gave me 200 Swedish crowns and she said, Here, this is money to buy a new mascara. Buy. And then she shut the door and she drove away. And there I was standing in complete shock. Did God just give me a mascara? I mean... Who are you? <laughs> and it was just so amazing. And then after that, I actually got to know this woman, and she was telling me this story. God had told her two weeks before that she needed to give me a mascara, but she just, she was thinking, no, this can't be from God. <laughs> Who asks God for a mascara? No one. So she just tried to forget it. Yeah. And then over and over again, it just popped out up in her mind. And at the end, she was like, oh, I just need to give her this mascara. I don't know what to do. 
And she didn't use any makeup herself, so she didn't know what to buy. So she went out, took out 200 kroners. And the thing was that she didn't even know where I was living. She knew I was living in the same city. Uh, she didn't have my number, she didn't know, didn't know anything. So she was sitting in the car, and she was driving and looking for me that day. That in itself is a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> so after driving about half an hour, she suddenly sees me on the bus stop. And then she's getting so nervous that she just drive, <laughs> she just <laughs> passed me and she's going on. And then she was, she's thinking, no, what am I doing? I just have to do this now. So she took a U-turn, she drove, she gave me the money quick and she went home. <laughs> so why am I telling you this story? I'm telling you this story just to give you faith that God yeah. cares about yes. you. That's good. I mean, if you are standing in faith for a miracle, yes. maybe you need a healing. Maybe you, you are waiting for that job that you really desperately need. Maybe there is a relationship that is broken. You need it for, to be healed. Mm. And maybe you are just thinking, but I don't think God cares for me. How do I know that he hears me? How do, you, do I know that he's good? Then I just want to think, you to think about the mascara. I mean, if God could fix something as insignificant and small as a mascara, why shouldn't he care about you and, and your concerns and your worries? I know that he cares for you. Just include him. Just pray. Yes, that's so good. Yeah. That's so good. And I also, when, when we speak about faith, I want to say this, that faith is to be faithful. That's our point number three. Faith is to be faithful. In Psalm 101 and verse 6, it's written that my eyes will be on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. So can you see how God's eyes is just looking all over the world, all over Sweden and into Norway and down to Denmark and, and even into Switzerland and America and Costa Rica and Spain and what, what, what all this different nation that we saw here before down in Africa. And God is looking for faithful people. Uh, so if you are living faithfully, God, you're drawing the attention from God. I think that's amazing. Yeah. In Psalm 18 and verse 25 is written that to the faithful you show yourself faithful. And you, we could just go on and study this throughout the Bible. There is something about faithfulness that takes the attention from God and is just drawing His attention and is opening up doors for you. And, and you can start to wonder why, but there is something that God just loves faithfulness. God is seeking for faithful people. Uh, and, and, the, and, and the thing with faithfulness is that when you're living faithfully, you are living a life in faith. Because when, to be faithful is to be full of faith. You're full of faith. So if you want to live a life in faith, you need to live a life in faithfulness. In the New Testament, it is actually often the same word for faith and faithfulness. It is the Greek word uh, pistos that is used for both of it. So it describes both faith and faithfulness. And, and what this tells us is that faith is not just go on a random word from God. You know, God is speaking to you, go and pray for that one that are sick and you're acting upon it. That is faith for sure. But it is also to sit down and just just look over your life and cal calculate the cost 
cost and invest your time in different areas. Invest your time in the, in, in the kingdom of God. Invest your finances in the kingdom of God. Invest your life in the kingdom of God. And continue to do it year after year after year. Sometimes the most faithful thing you, you can do, it is to do something that is maybe even boring nowadays, but you do it over and over and over again, not because you want an adventure, but because God has given you a gift and you want to invest that and steward that well. Uh, I, I have been so, um, so uh, impressed by my wife, actually. You know, when I came to, to Bible school, uh, it was this three years old uh, older worship leader. I thought she was a little bit too old to me, uh, but but I, I I know better now, <laughs> better now. <laughs> but she was standing every every week. She came in to, <laughs> came in to lead worship. She was standing in in a pair of blue pants. I don't know why she had just had blue pants. Maybe she hadn't prayed for new pants. I I don't know, but it looked good. Blue pants, and I don't know why I remember it, but she had blue pants, and she I was standing there. Yeah, yeah they were you look great in them. <laughs> So she was standing here leading worship with her blue pants every week. And she continued after. She did it actually for nine years. Every week. I changed pants, but I was... She didn't change <laughs> pants. <laughs> you know, uh, even when she was pregnant, she was having the guitar up here. She was playing and leading worship. She was almost fainting one time. And when we came with the subway into school, because she was so pregnant and tired, but she still she just kept on doing it. And there is something to do something in the start when it's, you know, like an adventure and you're excited about it. But faith is also to hold on and keep on doing the same thing over and over and over again. When Paul was collecting his team in the New Testament, he loved faithful people. And when someone was not faithful, he was kicking them out of the team very quick because he couldn't really work with them. When Paul is instructing his spiritual son Timothy, in 2 Timothy 2 and 1, he says this, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable or to faithful people who will also be qualified to teach others. So when, when Timothy should select leaders, according to Paul, he shouldn't pick the one that are the best communicators or the most fun communicators or the coolest people that can draw a lot of followers or draw a lot of attention. No, he was going to gather the people that were faithful and they were now going to teach others and pass on that faith. Yeah. So faithful people are drawing the attention from God. And faithful people are living a life in faith. Mm. Right? That's great. Yes. Wow. You're preaching good. I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying to keep up with you. It's, it's not easy, but I try my best. So that is leading us into the next point. Yes. This is an amazing point. Point number four. Faith is resting. There is something about being able to rest in God and rest in the goodness of God and that he has control. Mm. He is in control. I want to read from Psalms 23, verse 1 to 2. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Mm. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. God really loves to take care of you. He is really your yes. shepherd. 
And we need to trust in God. We need to, to, to trust in, in him and just decide to let go of the control mm. and let him take care of us. And when we do that, there is an amazing rest that he can, he can uh, lead us into that kind of rest. Even though we are in the middle of a storm, he can take care of us and, yeah. and uh, take care of our hearts yes. and our minds, our thoughts. I want also to read from 1 Peter 5 and 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That's good. We are not supposed to carry the anxiety around by ourselves. We are actually supposed to cast it on him. And that is being done actively. Yeah. We can do that actively in prayer. Just cast our worries on yes. him. And I also love this, this uh, passage of scripture in Philippians 4, 6-7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. I really love these verses. This is really like a, a recipe in what to do when you are worried. Yeah. We are supposed to, to go to him, cast our worries on him, and let him take care of it. And then we have a promise that he will take care of us, and he will guard our hearts and our minds. Mm. That's amazing. And, and we have a, a really special story uh, when God really guarded our hearts and our minds, and, yes. and we, we uh, experienced that we could rest in him. And that was uh, just before we were getting married. Yeah. Uh, we had so many things to solve practically around the wedding. And one big thing was that we needed to find a place to stay. We were looking for an apartment. And for six months. For six everywhere. months. Yeah. Oh, we were looking everywhere. And we had so many other things to, mm. to, to do at the same time and to plan. So the weeks went by, the days went by, and... The, the wedding, it came closer and closer. And then it was only one week left before we were getting married. And we still didn't have any place to stay. So we met in your kitchen, I remember, and we were, we were talking together. We were worried and stressed out. And then we just decided, no, we need to pray now. We need to just give this to God because we don't have the time or the energy to go around and be worried about this. So we were praying, we just gave it to God, we asked him for an apartment, and we asked him to take our worries. So we were actually casting our worries on him. And then we were starting to sing a worship about his faithfulness, yeah. that he was taking care of us and that his faithfulness uh, is there every day. Mm. And in that moment, we really experienced that the peace of God just filled that room. Mm. And we were so calm. I mean, we didn't worry. No. It, it was gone. Uh, and the days went by, and then, like three or four days before the wedding, someone called us and, and asked us if we wanted to rent their apartment. We wanted to rent it. We wanted, we wanted to rent it. yes, yeah. we needed an apartment. And then two days before, we received the keys. Yes. So that was amazing. And the day before you moved in. Yeah. So God is faithful. Yeah. God is so faithful. <laughs> But it really worked, as, as you said, that we were handing over our worries and anxiety to God. And, and His peace just filled us. And we just know God is going to fix this for us. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. Is it my point now? 
I think it's you. Yeah, okay. Then I will, will preach this point. You know, I, I didn't want to say beforehand, but we actually had five points, and I figure out if, if I say that up front, maybe we'll, you'll stop listening. But we have five points, and we're now on point number five, okay? <laughs> um, faith is giving. Faith is giving. And I'm going to read a scripture that we often read when we have offering speeches here in the church. But this actually goes for all areas in, in our life, and not just by giving financial uh, finances. It's written here in 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 that, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And, and, and I love this, verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So God is speaking here about giving. Give what you have decided in your heart. You're not giving because you're forced to give, but you're giving out of your heart. And you should know that when you give, God is going to give back. God is going to bless you back. And I'm not just speaking about the finances, even though I also speak about finances. I also speak about your time. I speak about being uh, hospitable. <laughs> That's hard work. <laughs> Open up your home. <laughs> Open up your home and have people over and be generous. I'm speaking about praying and interceding for other people. I'm speaking about giving of your energy and your talents and give your life away. And that's when you will find it, the Bible says. And I'm going to, to share a story with a man that really gave his life away. And that is from the Second World War. And it's a man named named um, named Maximilian Kolbe that was actually going to give his life for another man. In July 1941, in the, in the very famous uh, camp named Auschwitz, um, it was one night one of the prisoners were escaping. He was escaping and in the morning the guards found out and, and they were so upset and they were going to set an example so that no one was going to escape again. So they were gathering everyone out. Everyone had to line up. And, and now he was picking 10 different men that he has to step forward. And this Nazis leader now announced that, that all of you, you're going to be locked into a bunker to starve to death. And this will happen every time someone tried to escape from this camp again. Uh, so, so now he was choosing these 10 men and one of the men that was chosen, chosen was the Polish man Franciszek Gajowniczek. He was stepping forward and, and when he was stepping forward he started to cry. And he was just crying and he said, my poor wife, my poor kids that will never see their dad again. And he was crying his eyes out. And then as he was standing there crying, something happened that no one could expect and that was that Maximilian Kolbe he took a step forward and he said that I am a Catholic priest so I have never gotten married and I have no kids and I want to take his place in the bunker and and, and the Nazi leader accepted that so Franciszek he could step back again 
and and Maximilian Kolbe was now locked in with the nine other prisoners to starve to death. After 40 days, they were opening up the bunker, and nine of them have died. It was just Maximilian Kolbe that was still alive, but they, they now took his life, life in, in another way instead. But what I want to say is that he was giving his life for someone else. Uh, that is love, and that is faith. To live a life in faith is expressed by giving. He was actually giving his life, but he didn't just give it or waste it. He was giving it for a greater purpose. He was giving it in faith that the God that he was serving, the God that he was preaching, the God that he was following, that is raising the dead, is going to reward him. And that he is actually going to step into the heavens and be together with his, with his God and your God. That was his faith that I'm not losing by giving, I'm winning. And I'm going to rescue this man and give him a second chance. And this man was actually living, surviving this camp and he was going to become 93 years old. And he was going to see his kids and grandkids grow up. And he was always going to remember and preach about the man that died instead of him. I think that is one of the greatest examples and expression of faith. To give your life away. The Bible says when we give our life away, we're finding our life. So faith is about giving. And there is no one that have done this in, in, in a better example or set a better example than to live a life in faith than Jesus Christ himself. I mean, he came down to this earth for one purpose, and that was to do the same thing at, as Maximilian Kolbe did for Franciszek. He was going to take, uh, take our sins and the death sentence that was upon our life, because the Bible says that all of us have sinned. The best of us have sinned on our best day. All of us have sinned, and and, and we are under a death sentence. We are separated from God forever. And, and we cannot be free from our sin by our own self. But Jesus was taking our sin on himself. And when he died on that cross, he was dying your death and my death. He was dying in our place so that we could go free just as in this story I told you about. It is written like this in Romans 5 and 6 that you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That is you and me. Verse 7, very rarely, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die, as we just heard of. Verse 8, but God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means that Christ died for you. Despise that we are all sinners. He did it actually because we are sinners. So that He could take away our death sentence. So that He could lift away our heavy burden of sin. So that we could go free. I remember when I was 17 years old and I was surrendering my life to, to Jesus. I said, Jesus, come into my life and change me. And, and something heavy was lifted away from me. And I felt the peace 
like I have never experienced before and my life was changed on that day. That is what you can receive today. Jesus loves you so much and that love is expressed when Jesus died on the cross but he did not just die on the cross. He rose on the grave on the third day and Jesus is alive today and wherever you're watching this Jesus is coming to you right now and he's offering this same request. He's saying I want to take your place. I died instead of you. If you want to I'm giving you this gift of salvation so that you can be rescued so you can have eternal life again and be forgiven of your sins. So if that is you that want to take that decision then you should just join in in a salvation prayer here and now and Jesus is coming into your life and changing your life. So what you can do is that you just you hold your hands in front of you like this like if you would receive a gift because you are receiving a gift and then you can lift up your face towards heaven towards a God that loves you towards a God that sees you to good towards a God that cares for you and then you're going to pray a salvation prayer I would pray a prayer and Eli is going to repeat this and you can repeat it with Eli and when you do something fantastic is happening on your inside so join us in his prayer say Jesus Christ Jesus Christ Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my sins. Wash me pure. Wash me pure. Jesus. Jesus. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose from the grave. I believe that you rose from the grave. I believe that you are alive today. I believe that you are alive today. And I ask you to forgive me my sins. And I ask you to forgive me my sins. Change my life. Change my life. Set me free. Set me free. Give me a new start. Give me a new start. I'm making you my Lord and Savior today. I'm making you my Lord and Savior today. And you say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Move into my heart. Move into my heart. And live inside of me. And live inside of me. From this day on. From this day on. I want to be your disciple. I want to be your disciple. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you are praying that prayer, I want to say. You have been listening to a podcast from SOS Church Stockholm. If you want to know more about the church or have information about our Bible school and leadership academy, go online to soschurch.se. We hope to see you soon at a celebration here in Stockholm or at one of our daughter's churches in Gothenburg or Malmö. Have a wonderful week.